Okay, Tzoraim Tov, we continue with the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We continue with Kriya Shema. And we just started the next chapter. If you're looking and you're following the Sefer on page Shin Nun Gimel. And we explain the idea that Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem who is our God, and we understand what that means, what Hashem means. One day Hashem Echod in the future, everyone will perceive that reality. But right now, the world doesn't see that reality. But the truth is, it is. Hashem is the same Echad all the time. And we are accepting the yoke of heaven. Right? So, as he said, so that really should create a big uh, paradigm shift for us. Because the whole idea is that is that reality exists. So our lives should be focused that way exactly the way it should be when Mashiach comes. You know, when Mashiach comes, everybody will see it. Okay, Shkoyach. Now the fact, seven billion people don't see it. But if a few million, I don't know how many, know that's true. So we have to live in that Mashiach reality as such, meaning everything we do, we understand that Shem is behind it and our behavior should be appropriate. So now, but otherwise... If we don't live in that reality, as we should be living in the future, then it's not really accepting the yoke of heaven. In other words, if you're saying, you know, when Mashiach comes, then I'll do everything the way it's supposed to be. But right now, it's not clear, so I don't, I don't have to accept Hashem in every aspect of my life because it's not so clear. No, 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 that's not on the table here. We got to say, even though Mashiach is not here and the clarity of Hashem's oneness isn't clear to most of the world, but I have to accept it now as clear as it would be even without Mashiach coming. And if we don't, that is not accepting the yoke of heaven properly. So, Robert Pinkas really goes to a very interesting strategy over here. He says, you know, People living crooked lives, there's many levels to it. And he really is very sneaky. Let's start, we're going to go through Reform, Conservative, Orthodox, Haredi. And let's go from bottom to top and see exactly what the problems are. Okay, the lowest level, obviously, is one who's, let's say, a Reformed Jew. Why? Because they believe the Torah is flexible. According to their understanding, it's, it's based on what the needs of man are. Okay. Okay, what does man think he needs? Because remember, they believe it's man-made. It's not God-made. So let's say you got to go to shul. Okay, you got to go to shul. Rabbis, at least reformed rabbis have to go to shul or else they have no parnosa. Right? Uh... But can you come to shul uh, in a car? Okay. Uh, how about uh, you have to eat nice food on Shabbos? Ooh, that's a real Jewish thing, right? Uh, but how about smoking on Shabbos? Why not? Okay, so what is that? That's not Judaism. That's reform. It's not a... Uh, a sect within Judaism. They may be Jews. As a matter of fact, many of them are not Jews, halakhically. 
it's not Judea, it's not a sect within Judaism, it's a different religion. It's reform, it's not Judaism. Okay. And if you're, if you're going to argue with them, they may say, why is this not Judaism? At the end of the day, we, we talk about the Shabbat. Okay. They talk about Kashrus, that maybe we don't eat a pig, but anything else is okay. I'm a rabbi and I can decide. What are you telling me? I'm not Jewish. It's not Judaism. It's Judaism. There is Shabbat. We'll decide how to celebrate it. Kashrut, we'll decide how it should be. The answer is, when you're talking about religion, religion means something that came from God. And religion without God is not religion. If you are God, you can decide yourself what the religion is. But if you're not God, then God decides what the religion is. Correct? So you want to say, I'm a reformed Jew? Okay, you may be a Jew, but you're not a Jew. You're not living a life of Judaism that's defined by the Torah. Okay, so let's bump it up a level. Let's go to conservative. Okay, now again, this is different levels of conservative. Let's say from conservative. There are some from conservatives. Maybe they don't light turn up lights on on Shabbos, but they still drive a car to shul on Shabbos, right? Their shul's so far away. So what would we say to them? Well, there's no such thing as a half Shabbos. God decides what you could do on Shabbos. God decides not. And if you're not God, you can't decide what you take and what you don't take. Now, they're doing more than what reform is doing, but they're still making the decisions of what we're going to take. Okay, now we got orthodox, or in our expression, charedim. But are we completely charedim? Okay, some people could say, orthodox, who says that a person should learn Torah all day long? We have to adjust to the modern times. In other words, why should I support a guy who sits and learns in Quelo? Work for yourself. If you're multimillionaire, okay, you want to sit and learn. Why should I feel a responsibility to support people who are learning Torah? Now, if you look at the root of this, that root is the same root as the conservative and the reform. Why? It's because Hashem decides all behaviors, not just some behaviors, all behaviors. If a person is the, if a person thinks he's the one who decides, should I learn all day long or not? Then he's the guy, like the guy who says, I decide if I keep Shabbos or not. Okay. So we have to understand that, uh, that 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 Judaism isn't just like this like extra thing, right? It's not something on top of our regular behavior. You know, like let's say, you know, you've got uh you got uh clothing that you have to have and you could have a nice tie. 
So there's, there's Yiddishkeit. And then, you know, we can add on to this. And we can decide a little bit more. Right? So the same idea we have to understand that you have to be very careful. Hashem has a zone for each and every person. Okay. And if we think that even if we're, we keep Shabbos, we keep Shabbos, and we keep kosher, we don't compromise on those things, but certain things we still compromise, right? So let's say a person says, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're going to live a long time and we had to eat like a person. We should eat the way everybody eats. At the end of the day, uh, we can't live like tzaddikim of the older generations, we're living in this generation, and in this generation, you know, we have to make certain decisions to do things different. So let's say we're not going to support Torah learning. So Hashem says, since when do you not support Torah learning? You can't make these individual decisions, or you can't decide, okay, this guy I'm allowed to talk lush and horror about. Okay? This is a subtler version of reform. They all have the same common denominator. I don't have to do every single thing that Hashem says. You could have from Jews who still cruise on the internet and see things they shouldn't see. And say, well, what do you want? I, I, I have to see the news. No, you don't have to see the news. Oh, you have to see the news. Hashem didn't say you have to see the news. So the point is we have to live exactly the way Hashem says you should live. And the Torah says that the central point of Judaism is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. That which the non-Jews will see in the future, we understand now. And we have to live specifically the way we will be living when Mashiach comes. Okay, when Mashiach comes, okay, let's let's imagine now. Mashiach is here. The real truth is here. We're building a base on English. The presence of God is palpable. Okay. Are we going to have any questions if we have to keep every part of the Torah or not? The Torah says, Hashem told Yeshua, you should learn Torah day and night. And you shouldn't be wasting your time. Not wasting time with newspapers and things like this, even kosher newspapers. You think we're going to read newspapers when Mashiach comes? What's going to be in the news? <laughs> right? And that's what we said. It's this week's parsha. Nasev Nishma. We will do and we will listen, not Nishma Vanasa. We'll hear and we'll do. Here and we'll do means we'll see what parts of Torah can be adapted to our lifestyle. No, we said Nasa, we're going to do whatever you say and just tell us. When, once we hear what we have to say, we're going to do this. And anyone who thinks, well, Mashiach has not yet come, therefore we have to match ourselves for the time, that is exactly what reform is. So now we're coming on to a topic that is very... Um, Unpleasant, but we'll just mention it in passing. Anybody who comes to learn in the middle of the day can can take whatever we have to say, right? So now let's ask a question. When Mashiach comes, is there going to be a Super Bowl Sunday? Probably 
Is there going to be a Super Bowl Sunday? No. No, not at all. Okay. Now I understand why a guy who's a behemoth, who have all this energy of nowhere to put it, so they want to they want to watch a Super Bowl. Now let's imagine for a minute if an alien came from outer space and his little spaceship landed right on the sidelines in the stadium where the Super Bowl was being played. Now, of course, they're an alien, so they can be undetected in the radar, right? They can even be invisible. And they're looking, and they're seeing 100,000 people yelling and screaming and all looking to the middle of this big stadium. And what are they seeing? A bunch of guys hitting each other. Running. And they're hearing words like, kill the quarterback. Wait, what a violent country. This guy was going and boom, he's got him down. He knocked him out. He tackled him. What are these violent people doing? And everybody's yelling and cheering. And they're so happy that this happened. Imagine what they're going to write back to their seniors up in, you know, Martian land. So we find the humanoids. And then they, they're very smart. They're very advanced. And they realize it's not just 100,000 people watching there. I think they say, I could be wrong. They say 200 million people. People are going to watch this in America. And I don't know how many billion will be watching it in the world. The whole world. Now, let's imagine you have world crisis. You have crisis everywhere. I, said, I don't even know where to begin or end. Countries are in danger. There are serious things going on. And what are they doing? They're cheering and, and, and they're making big parties and, and they're watching everything and they're, and they're really giving all their expression and energy and, 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 and excitement and emotion all for what? They say, the, we find these earthlings to be very uh, low-level beings. No? You don't understand. So then they said, you know, take us to your leader. <laughs> take us to your leader. Joe Biden is your leader. Okay, well, let's just go back to the super. And, and, and people, they find it, are paying millions of dollars per minute for advertising. Right? You figure what is going on and what is it all about at the end of the day? At the end of the day, has humanity been improved? Have any of the world problems been helped? All the money that was being made, where is it going? There is one benefit. What's the one benefit? I think uh, we're all humans and social interactions important. And, uh, a lot of you can't have social interactions without a football game? That's the way that brings people do, together. Do you why focus do, why, in? Why are 100,000 people together? 
That's not a virtue. Who says that's a virtue? Social interaction is a virtue, right? You can inter right now we're interacting. That's right. This and we're not killing the quarterback. We do the same thing on our own, it's not the same. It's better to do it together. I don't understand. <clears throat> Social interaction is the two of you, you go for a walk with somebody. Social interaction, let's do a kindness with someone else. Interact in a positive environment, not in one that is meaningless. You're playing football. So now they crown the champion. What does that have to do to make the world a better place? In fact, in fact, everybody's upset after the game. The losers are terribly upset. And if they think there was some a bad call made, people are upset. People, people are so into this game that three of them froze to death after a game. Okay, game? and what chess? How about chess? It's I'm just game. saying, and at oh. chess at least develops your mind. This doesn't develop anything. I don't know about that. And with all the concussions that people suffer from that. And let's ask a simple question Do you have anything better to do with your time? Do you have nothing better to do with your time? Okay, a guy understand, but a Jew has nothing better to do with his time. We got the Torah to be a mamleches kodesh, a holy, a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests watch a bunch of bovans smack each other just to get more points. Right, you know, this, so this is not too much different than what happened in the Roman area with the Colosseums. Really wasn't different. There were games, you have gauntlets, and, you, and one guy knocks the other guy over. What what's the point of it? What's the point of it? Well, how does this make you a more um, civilized person? And now you you want to what's the word live? Um, what's the vicariously through these people? What have you done to make the world a good place? If you play football, okay, you're exercising. You're exercising, and you don't and and you're learning teamwork. If you're playing, okay, there's nothing wrong with some exercise. That's okay. We're playing, and we're not going to have to play tackle football. It could be touch. Do you know how many people get injured severely in a year playing this game? Do you understand what it means? The guy gets his, uh, what do you call his ACL uh, knocked out. He can't use it for a year. He's in pain. How many quarterbacks get concussions? They, they suffer severe physical damage. And what's the bottom line? The bottom line is the owners are making money. That's the bottom line. So, like, what's the usefulness of it? So, you got to ask yourself, uh, again, you know, if, if you are, uh, if you're a Jew, who believes in Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Okein Hashem, Achad. So what are you doing over there? So, well, it's not Mashiach yet, so I might as well enjoy it until then. So how are you different than a Reformed Jew? It's only different in what you are willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. What if one of the Ten Commandments would say you can't watch the Super Bowl? Are we going to watch it? 
Okay, so the question is, well, where in the Torah does it say not to watch the Surah? You're right, it doesn't tell it. But if you understand what the whole theme and direction of the Torah is, do you think watching the game fits into that? So at least we should be honest and say, you know what? I have too much of a Sahara and I can't control myself. Be honest with yourself. Say, I've watched it since I was a kid and I've been brainwashed and it really isn't good. So at least pray to Hashem that that, that, uh, that feeling will leave you. You know? And you might think, you know, especially a year like this where Jews in Israel are still suffering every minute. Every minute. There's still hostages there. There's still families. There's families who have children fighting in wars and they don't know if they're going to get a call that the child is going to be dead. So we can just have a good time at the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying we have to sit on ashes. And I'm not saying you, you, you can't have some life. Life has to be normal. But you have to have everything. You have to have everything. You, know, you can't you know tone it down. It has to be a Super Bowl party on top of that. Or you could say, you know what? I feel very, I feel, I feel so uncomfortable being so happy watching a Narish kite when other people are really doing meaningful things. There are young boys in, in Israel are doing meaningful things. They're protecting Jewish lives. So what am I doing? Yay, my team won. Wow. You're really, Mama, you're, Mama, you're a godly person. Do you think when we watch the Super Bowl, we've sensed God's presence there? Is that is that what you want to focus on for three, four hours? But the answer is, it's hard. It's hard. I, 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 my whole life, since I've been a baby, since I've been nursing, I've been nursing from football. And same thing with hockey, depending whatever sport you like. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy. But at least, you know what, the, you know what Rabbi Nachman said? Rabbi Nachman said, I don't know if I can convince all my students not to sin. But one thing I can be sure of, that when they sin, they're not enjoying it. So that's my job. <laughs> I'm going to say you're a sinner. I'm not going to say you're a sinner. I'm just saying, how can you watch it? How can you watch it? Well, I have to have some downtime. Okay, mask him, mask him. But that has to be the downtime. Can't you say I'm going to have a different downtime? Is there anything else you can engage your mind with than mindlessly watching? And if one team wins or not, does it really make any difference? Are you a better person because you watch the game? The gift of life that God gave you during those three hours, God's going to say, you know, I gave you this life. Was this the wisest use of this time? So you got, you got that's that's what Shema Yisrael is about. Shema Yisrael. Hashem is everything. Hashem doesn't wants you to spend, you're supposed to be spending your time learning Torah, doing mitzvahs, doing chesed. That, that's your default position. Okay, if you have to go to work, okay, you gotta go to work. I, I, I created you, you gotta go to work. Okay, you gotta go to work. Fine. Okay, you're not going to work. You wanna exercise, keep yourself healthy. Good, that's fine too. You wanna go visit some sick people and do chesed? Fine. But, but now, what are, you, what are you doing exactly? So this becomes an issue. This becomes an issue.
So something think about if you're saying Shema Yisrael and you really mean it, so what are you doing? Listen, I know what it's like, man. Boy, I was the biggest sports fan when I was a teenager. I lived and died. I know exactly how it feels. Already got kids. Believe me, I know exactly how it feels. I lived and died with the Cleveland Browns. Mostly died. <laughs> right? But then eventually, you, I grew out of it. I went to Yeshiva. I stopped watching it. That's all. And when you stop watching it, a couple of years ago, someone called me up in the middle. They says, you know, you might want to look on the computer. You know, your, your Cavaliers are about to become the champions. I said, don't bother. It's 40 years too late. That 40 years ago, pretty good. But there's nothing to it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, what do you got? So that is the uh, the pre-Super Bowl schmooze. Okay? It's just, how does going to the Super Bowl, watch, will fit into Shema Yisrael Hashem? Talk to yourself. Square it with yourself. Or at least say, you know what? The rabbi's right, and I have a lot of tshuva to do. Now, remember, when a person is a hostage, he's, he's locked up. He can't do anything. So if you dive him for a hostage to get out, Hashem could say, I don't know, why should I let them out? At least now they're not doing any affairs. They maybe are talking to me. Right? So now that you have this gift called freedom, is that what you want to do with the gift of freedom that you have? So I understand because I say, well, I don't know what else to do. That's a problem. That's a problem. What else to do? Because I have nothing better to do. If you have nothing better to do, then why should Hashem keep you alive if you have nothing better to do? Hashem, I really want to live. You know why? So I could watch another Super Bowl. Hashem says, that's what I should give you a life for. <laughs> no, it's, it's serious questions. And we're, it's serious time. If you want Mashiach, I don't know. I think many Jews don't want Mashiach. I'm telling you, in this Mashiach, there'll be no Super Bowl. I'm sorry. No sports. It's finished. It's gone. It's not, so what are you going to do all day? What are you going to do all day? It's Torah, Mitzvah, and Chesed. I don't like that. The problems. So this is the issue over here. Okay. So now, so it's interesting, hundreds of years ago, Jews in Europe lived in ghettos. Not, not forced ghettos, self, in, well, some were forced, some were self-done. In Yiddish, they're called the Judengas, the Jewish streets. So some place, some countries did not allow us to go out of the ghetto. And what happened if you needed to make more houses? You had to build higher up couldn't spread out, right? So if we would look at that life and we'd say, how is it possible for people to live that way? It's like they're in jail. So what's the answer? They lived with Hashem. What the benefits of being in a ghetto is Hashem closed you off from all the negative external influences. And all their lives, they were just in a Jewish part of the world. And they were surrounded with Torah and mitzvahs. And they weren't missing anything. They had Torah, they had Shabbos, they had Yantiv. They enjoyed the food they ate on Shabbos. 
That's how Jews have lived since the base of Mish was destroyed for more than thousands of years. And what happened? Whenever the ghetto walls came down, spiritual destruction was in its wake. It started with the Jews in Spain, the philosophers, the, the Enlightenment in Germany, right? And when the walls came down, people got involved in they shouldn't have been involved in. And now, okay, even though there are no ghetto walls and we, we can be in our houses, but now what happens? We bring the outside world into our house. My house is a very safe haven. I have what we call safe spaces. But now with the internet, you bring everything into the house. You don't have to go outside. Okay, and we can read about all kinds of, uh, of things. You know, it's like really interesting. You, you listen to, to the news and they say, oh, some, there's a fire in Scarborough. Who cares? What do I have to know there's a fire in Scarborough? Three alarm fire. There may be three uh, uh, firemen at the place. And they rescued one person. Who cares? Does this have to do with our world? Is it going to matter to us? What are we missing with all this? If we don't know exactly what happens, you know, let's just go back to learning our Torah and get all the brachas of that connection. That is... That is really what we should be doing. Okay. And, uh, okay, it's 159. We're going to stop it over here. We will continue tomorrow morning to discuss a little bit more of this.